morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 74. Uh, today is going to be a real chill one. I think we, we got this really chill vibe going on. Every, everyone here is very, very relaxed. And, um, you know, we're just a couple days away from Valentine's Day. So the topic today is going to be love at first sight in games. So, you know, whatever that means to you, right? Like, uh, is there a game that you fell in love with immediately? Or maybe a character, maybe you had a crush on a character in a game, or maybe you just really loved a mechanic, uh, you know, what, what, whatever it means to you, right? So, yeah, that's our topic today. Love at first sight in video games. But first, uh, let's let's do a quick roll call. So uh, we, we got a, a pretty full house today. I got all the all the regulars here, which is actually pretty rare. You know, we're, we're in a bunch of different time zones, so it's... It's a real pleasure to have everyone here, and um, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's 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 get to. Oh yeah, so a quick introduction. I'm 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 your host Richmond. Um, I've been working in games since 2007. I've loved art all my life. Before that, um, yeah, I I I, I love. Uh, I, I run a game company in Thailand called Bidag. We make our own games. We do game art outsourcing, and I love video games. I love art, and I love being here today. To you know, discuss uh, stuff that we're passionate about. This 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 stuff gives me energy for the whole rest of the week. All right, guys. I believe Sean. Sean, can you give a quick intro? Yep. Uh, I'm Sean. I'm usually here. I uh, edit the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm a UX guy, user experience, uh, creative director. Um, also been working in the industry for a while. Worked with Rich and earlier in our career uh i've since worked at uh on facebook games a bunch of startups i worked at blizzard entertainment for about five years and now i uh lead design teams at mzxt uh also pc gaming company although we make like you know <clears throat> cases coolers etc cetera, et cetera, so uh but but explicitly for for pc games don't you don't you do homework on the those pcs you play games uh but anyway uh that's me Hey everybody, uh, this is James Stanley, the resident fighting game expert uh, here at the Art Eater podcast. Uh, when I am not uh, building relationships uh, in the game industry and uh, not teaching at the Third Strike Dojo in the Bidag offices, I also uh, <laughs> do character design, storyboard work, and I am a freelance illustrator. Um, if you like 80s and 90s anime, Hong Kong cinema, Vaporwave, and just really fashionably inclined people doing cool things, you might want to check out my Patreon. Uh, my Patreon is patreon.com slash bifikunoichi. That's B-E-E-F-Y-K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Uh, you can actually catch uh, tutorials, fan art, exclusive illustrations, uh, that I don't release to the internet. Uh, you can actually see uh, a lot of my illustrations prior to being released publicly on the internet as well. So if you're interested in cool tutorials that are both obnoxious and informative, uh, feel free to check out my Patreon again, which is patreon.com slash bifikunoichi. That's B-E-E-F-Y-K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. 
everyone, it's Thomas. I'm back from a trip and uh, I don't have anything <laughs> to... I don't have any Patreon to plug. So I'm just going to say that I subscribe to James' Patreon and I enjoy my subscription, so you should do the same. So yeah, I'm just the, the web... The web guy here at Art Eater, um, updating and breaking our website, but uh, it was just a dream, AG. It was just a dream. So very happy to be <laughs> to be there today with you <laughs> to talk about love, a very French thing, if I may speak. Hell yeah! <clears throat> what is up, everybody? Uh, it's Adam. Pleased to be here once again. As always, it's me. It's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, international taekwondo fighter, and it's back to be. It's always great to be back again with the crew. But I am very happy to be speaking about one of the foundational principles of creation here: love. I'm speaking about this with my friends because it's about to be Valentine's Day. It's going to be a great episode. I'm really, really happy to get into this. And yeah, I'm not even going to do my full intro. I'm just going to hop right on in because I am psyched to have this conversation. All right, let's get it. All right. All right. So yeah, what what's the first thing that comes to mind when, when you hear that? Love at first sight. Oh, in the context man. of games. I'm, I'm so, going to say, I think James and, and, and I can say that we had love at first sight for some fighting game characters, James, right? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think we'll start there and then we'll go into games and stuff, you know, other things later. Um, this is probably either very predictable or this is possibly a little absurd. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a two-way tie here. Um, but I have to go with the person that showed up first. And you would think that this would be the Nike donning ninja that saves Metro City. But it is not. Oh, my God. Oh. Not. Oh, you were not. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. There was and something. Oh, my God. There was something before he wore the Nikes. And it's only oh. by maybe three years. Now, I know one person in here might get the clue from that. They might get the clue, but they might not. Um, I have to, I have to, I have to say it. It's, it's Psylocke, guys. Ah, oh, of oh. course. I was sure about this. I was sure about this. Right. Psylocke. The and, Atlanta girl. And, and, yeah. and it is... <laughs> <laughs> yes, the girl from Atlanta, Psylocke. Yes, yes, we all know her very well. Um, <laughs> it started in the comics uh, with the Jim Lee era of X-Men, but it really surfaced itself the moment that I saw X-Men Chosen of the Atom for the first time. Um, I, 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 I saw someone using Psylocke and I was just like, wow, this, this is a beautiful thing, but it is also a beautiful thing. And I was mesmerized by her animations when she did Psyblade, uh, her standing like Fierce Punch, like all of these things just look so beautiful. And I was just like, this character is my girlfriend now. And <laughs> I, was just, I was just in love with the sprite. And it was just, it was so much personality, like her saying, come on and, you know, doing the come hither with the finger. And just like, I was just like, this is the most beautiful, like, video game woman. I know everybody loves Chun-Li, but I my my first video game crush has to be Psylocke in X-Men Chosen of the Atom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like that's just 
all it is, man. Like I literally played her in the game too, and I refused. I didn't play any other character in X Men: Children of the Atom until after I actually had it on console. I literally was a diehard Psylocke main. Wow. So yeah, like just. And then, you know, if you've beaten the game and you get to see the sprite where she's wearing like the, uh, it's like some sort of ballroom type of dress. I was just like, this is it. It's like, we're getting married now. Like I've already beaten this (laughs) extremely difficult game where Magneto has one frame cheats and all this nonsense. And I was just like, no, you're my wife now. That's it. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's a wrap. Uh, Ironically, uh, I've done several illustrations. Yeah, I've done several illustrations of Psylocke for my Patreon. <laughs> and I feel like it's like a reignition of like the the crush that I had many, many moons ago. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ironically, today. like accidentally you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, subscribe to his Patreon. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see those. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Guys, speaking of Patreon, did you know... <laughs> That there is a uh-huh. art eater. <laughs> Did you know there's no, an art eater page? That was awesome. That was yeah, awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Okay. No, um, say to us which one. What, what are you talking yes, about? Yes. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I'm not yes, sure. If, if, if you uh, enjoy this podcast and uh, the fine website that hosts all the previous podcasts, you can show your support for uh, the Art Eater podcast um, through our Patreon. Just go uh, to uh, patreon.com dot com patreon.com slash art eater OG. Um, I, I think that's it. Let me check. <laughs> no, that's We're not so everything. bad about promoting ourselves. Every, everything was prepared. Like, it's, it's part okay. of we the script. Bit, we have we, we haven't, yeah, we haven't gotten enough to upgrade to .com yet, so just go to, go to, go to, true, go to yeah. patreon.com. Uh, you okay. see, like, .com is currently, like, in testing stages, so, like, we're just going to have to wait for that one a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's right. Patreon.com slash arteaterog. A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R-O-G. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, show us some support. Um, it You know, it does actually cost money to uh, to, to, to run the website and... Um, to, to to host the podcast on all those platforms and stuff. So so it actually would help out. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> please please go on. Nah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, that's interesting. Can I can I take the, the next one? You yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I put, will put say your that... quarter on the cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> one of the recent like Fighting game characters I really, really enjoyed it and played a lot was um, Kazumi in Tekken 7, actually. Like, I really, really really enjoyed the the character, yeah. It was like the... um, I really enjoyed, like, uh, um, uh, female characters and... uh, and, that, that female and male characters that have a kind of um, I don't know class, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, uh, like for example, I, I, I like uh, that exude like this kind of uh, you know um, mastery, and they are sh- the, those characters sure of themselves. Like I really enjoyed Vanessa in KOF for the same reason, you see, and uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed Kazumi in Tekken because the the character kind of came out of nowhere. Like the character has tigers. Uh, she literally has a tiger uppercut, and uh, well, where the 
the the tiger dozed an uppercut, and uh, and even in the lore, it was so fun. Like sh- suddenly she's the 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 Mama Mishima. She comes out of nowhere, and uh, she's friend with Akuma. You're like what? <laughs> and yeah, and Akuma right. has a debt to her. He's indebted to her. So when uh, she's like, uh, yeah, if I fail as a mom because reasons, because basically she gets killed by her husband because she's a demon uh she, she has a deal so akuma will come and kill her son and you're like or kill his, her husband that's like so badass <laughs> like, you you made a deal with akuma from street fighter to kill your husband <laughs> if, if something happens to you and you're not even in street fighter it's not even street fighter it's, you know <laughs> it's so interesting it sounds like a very lone wolfing cub storyline plot but from the perspective of a person reaching out to ogami ito like and then akuma being like for 500 rio it shall be done like it's very like <laughs> it's 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 very like tambara like 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 and also that character is definitely one of my favorites visually. Uh, she, re- she reminds me a lot of Mizuki from Sam Show, but like, you know, obviously with oh, the yeah. Tekken uh, aesthetic. Like, I see like a lot of parallels with them, and you know, I don't know. I, I have a weird obsession with women that are like seemingly evil. So like, you know, <laughs> Mizuki had a huge impression on me. Um, but Kasumi definitely was like, wow, that seems like a nice young lady. Like I said that to myself, despite the fact that she is always fighting with the tigers. Like this is a very nice young lady. I, I, I like that. I respect it. One of my favorite things about this is the fact that like Akuma literally just appears like, hello, I am Akuma hello. and I've come to kill you and Kazi on behalf of Kazumi. He's like, hello, Akuma from Street Fighter. Hello, <laughs> Kazumi from Tekken 7. How are you? Like, yeah, the meme template, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed it. And the, the moveset also, what's funny is that she has some gameplay principles like she's um, a fundamentals taken characters but without the execution of uh, of uh, the kazuya the the mishima characters which are very execution heavy so it was really like really cool a kind of you know character you can play to play fundamentals because the character doesn't have any you know, very specific thing. And that's a trope I really enjoy. Like I play Ryu in Street Fighter for this reason. It's always like, what can I do in the game system with the with the easy to play and you know essential kit for the for the character? And I really, really enjoy uh, this kind of character. So yeah, I would I would say recently, I think I, I told it in a in a previous episode, but Kazumi was really my one of the recent uh, character and the, and the background with akuma is so ridiculous that i i, I could only like fall in love like i love akuma too, so yeah <laughs> for some reason at, at first i thought for somehow tekken had invented a character that was also named akuma maybe like it was a more common name <laughs> like i i was at first i was like there's no way he means the capcom character well like that would be ridiculous and then AJ just posted screenshots of this, and I was like, "Oh no, okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's real." Straight up. <laughs> I just trying to imagine someone <clears throat> pitching this, like, "Okay, y'all, what if she has a relationship with Akuma?" And everyone's like, "You know, we're working on Tekken, right?" And they're like, "He's like, yeah, yeah." But Akuma. do you know, do you know why it happened? That's that's the funny uh, story because you know I there know. was this this deal between Capcom with between Yoshinori Ono at Capcom at Capcom and uh, Katsuri Warada where they were like we're going to do um, 
uh, we're going to do Street Fighter Cross Tekken and Tekken Cross Street Fighter. And Street Fighter Cross Tekken has had a terrible reception. And Tekken, Sen wa Tekken 7 was next to launch, so they didn't, they never found a window, you know, to launch Tekken Cross Street Fighter. And now it's been 10 years, so I suppose it's not going to happen. But at the time, I remember. I, I interviewed Harada a few times, like in 2011, 12, 13, 14. And each time I ask him, like, I know you cannot, you know, talk about the game itself, but what are what are some of the issues you found and that you managed to, um, to, to tackle? You know, like the jumps, for example, in Tekken 7 for 2D character. And, uh, and he was very honest, like, explaining the stuff. And we learned uh, that, and basically... Akuma Guki was basically the, um, I wouldn't say a leftover of uh, those experiments, but um, that was reused in Tekken 7. But it was reused because Capcom needed something that is patented by Namco for Street Fighter V. Like, Namco is notorious to have patented a lot of things uh, that are very, very basic. Something like maybe you remember. I think there was there was the mini game during the loading screen. You cannot do a loading uh, mm. mini game in loading screen because it was patented by Bandai Na by B Namco at the time. I think oh, the patents geez. ran out yeah. recently, and so they patented a lot of things. And among them, I think there were options into the training stages, and so you could not put them into your own game without being at risk of having. Um, uh, problems with uh, Bandai Namco, and uh, it's also the same for Capcom. Actually, for example, the 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 X Men Children of the Atom or the Marvel vs Capcom two, the Marvel vs Capcom two layout of buttons is patented, so you cannot put it, you cannot use it in your game without the clear authorization of Capcom. And so the um, and so Ono and Arada exchange like uh, ono asked for the the use of a feature that is patented by namco and arada said okay but give me akuma and so akuma <laughs> arrived in tekken wow and that's, uh, I, and that's I, the I story have to say without saying specifically that there are a shocking amount of industries where the decision like I, I i i know i've noticed this in a couple of industries i've worked in where someone will be like i don't understand why this company doesn't do just this thing and you'd be shocked how many of uh, them are just like waiting for patents to run out. Yeah. Because like some company patented some relatively simple thing and then everyone else has to basically like box around it until the patent expires. Sure. Yep. So that's the story of how Hakuma arrived and was the the ally, the Ali, sorry, of um of Kazumi. And that's it. <laughs> End of tangent. <laughs> I mean he I will say that I think he looks Nicely rendered in Tekken. Yeah, it's I mean, amazing. Really it's amazing. And G's Award also is amazing in the game. Hmm. Can I take us on an entirely different direction for this? Yeah. Oh, please do. do. Okay, so uh, I'm going to choose to interpret this love at first sight. Actually, this popped into my head as soon as Richmond said it earlier. Um, and I thought it was an interesting way to look at it. So it's also something that I don't experience much anymore, but uh, I still thought y'all may or may not relate to it. Um, do you remember back when you were like you were a kid and I don't know getting a video game was a much bigger deal than it used to be or or it is now rather? Oh yeah, like, it was an event. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And oh, so yeah. I don't know, and and I'm not even this isn't even a good video game I'm talking about it, by all accounts. But um, 
I, I still vividly remember when this this video game, the Batman and Robin PlayStation game. Okay. This is like the, oh, the movie tie-in one. But with the, the love at first sight thing is is like um and the thing I wanted to describe for everybody is so I knew I wanted this game. And I got really excited about it, like magazines, whatever. And like I was young enough that like my mother had to take me to places to to try to find it. And it actually was like the first day. And so for whatever reason, I thought this game was gonna be like uh out everywhere. It was like nearly and it was actually pretty hard to find. Um and so when it, and the, the experience that I think uh, I don't know still it still uh sticks with me is like when I finally like saw it at Best Buy, it's just the experience of how a game looks in its case. Like the, you know what I mean? Like it, it was more about like just seeing the but like having gone to multiple stores and then like looking for a physical copy of a game and then seeing it. There's something that, that I actually miss about the old cases, like the clear ones. Um where it was basically like the manual, but they slid it behind, you know, the glass, like the the plastic on the the container. Mm-hmm. So, um, this really isn't about Batman and Robin, although I it's one of the first games that I can remember this this like this like build up and hunt for the game and then getting it and then like holding it in my hands and then like reading the back of it on the yeah. way home. Uh, and I I don't know I thought that 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 might be the, the very essence of like falling in love with the game. Uh, I will say the Batman and Robin game was still, I enjoyed it. It's a, it was like one of the first attempts at an open world Batman game. Um, or, okay. Or, or, yeah. But, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't say was entirely successful, but you can drive the Batmobile around Gotham, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is more about the experience of picking up the game than the game itself. <laughs> um, <clears throat> nice. So that's, that's my, my interpretation of it. But I wondered if like, you, because like I feel like nowadays a game comes out and it's just like very easy for you to download it, get it on Steam. Yeah, it's just like, like there's no like missing. adventure to the store and like do they have it? Do they not have it? Like uh, you will be surprised by how hard it was to find <laughs> Tactics Ogre Reborn a few months ago. I had oh, to really? go to a real store three, wow. three times, <laughs> and each time I had to go through the Funko Pop uh, exposure. Uh, oh, like no. uh, the the Funko Pops, and it was terrible. Like a, a re- not love at first sight, I must say. Like it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, was, like, it was unease at first sight. <laughs> yeah, just the like active heartbreak oh, no. over to the Funko Pop aisle. <laughs> but I found it. I found it. I'm currently mm. playing it. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least you found you're, it. I mean, that's you're, good. you're like uh, you're like Orpheus going to the underworld to. Uh... <laughs> To rescue oh your God. love, right? It, yeah. It didn't didn't it feel even better when when you finally got your hands on the game yeah. and left without turning back? Not even. Yeah, because, yeah, well, yeah, because you 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 don't turn back because what's behind you is terrible, so you you don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, sorry, sorry, Funko Pop lovers. I was going to say Funko Pop losers. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my god! People in here like what? Funko Pops. <laughs> wow! Oh, I'm oh so god. sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my god! No, well, that's actually kind of funny. Um, one of the things which um okay so it's not really entirely like related i suppose but like i guess just like merchandising of like the different types of like characters or even just like moments like in games that everybody loves one of the things that i kind of fell in love with at first sight 
it is a it, okay so have you guys heard of like sume art like the people that make those like high quality like collection collectible statues i think richmond and i we talked about this before as well like a while ago well I like think i've heard of them yeah, there there are some really really nice ones, but like one of the things that I've kind of like fallen in love with at first sight was um and this is just randomly sort of like fallen into into my brain into my mind. It's not so it's not necessarily like a thing to do with like games specifically. This character does exist like within games, but at the same time, it's mostly like a collectible, I suppose. But like, yeah, like it's this um. It's a Sumeart Trafalgar D like water law like figure. Nice. Like it's basically like, this really giant, like beautiful looking, like kind of like statue from like a moment in a in One Piece um the story. For those who don't know what One Piece is, like just where have you been? But also just like yeah, One Piece is uh, a <laughs> the, the story of a uh, pirates uh, going out through this great and wonderful age through which they explore and try and find the the sacred One Piece treasure. But yeah, uh, there's a character in it called Law, and yeah, he's one of my favorites. But like this moment in the book is in the in the series is really cool. But also just like the way this has been like rendered and put together is just like so so cool like i just really love the idea of like when someone gets like merchandise like correct when someone does it in a way that is so just of, of such high quality i think that's one of the things which sort of makes me feel good just, just looking at it and i think that this is one thing which which should definitely be spoken about as well i just wanted to throw this out here just quickly just to be like yeah that's one area of i suppose like games that we we don't really talk about that much to games like merch and stuff like that but yeah like that's one that's one thing Nice. Yeah, I I see a lot of those uh, whenever I go to Bangkok. Actually, the, the those yeah. giant like super premium uh, statues. They're like museum quality. They're they're yeah. amazing. Yeah, I feel like the yeah. the quality of anime statues has been increasing a lot in the last ten years. You know, each time you were looking for stuff in uh, oh, yeah. specialized stores, it was always it was a bit clunky. Or the lightning, the colors was not of often right and now you can find stuff that is so well made and so like perfect and respectful of the the source material it's amazing like really amazing and i'm not into this stuff you know i don't really like like figurines like this but each time i'm like wow the amount of work and care that you find in those statues now incredible yeah it's ridiculous are, there's are another one here that i really like there's a berserk one. Oh, sorry sorry to have to jump in there's a berserk one that i really like too and it's got um oh, it's got good it's got griffith it's got zard in there like it's just like it, it's fantastic like some of the ways in which that these have been put together so painstakingly like, you can just tell that someone really cared actively about what they were doing and i would just i would love to own these one day and the fact that they light up the fact that they are just again so highly detailed so well um i almost said choreographed so well composed like yeah it's just it's beautiful it's really really cool to look at i was gonna ask if y'all are familiar with um reminds me of the hot toys collectibles um oh yeah yeah uh, I think Hot Toys is actually a Hong Kong company, um, mm-hmm. but I, I actually got into that for a while. It's like they they do uh, obviously like well known stuff, but it's like excruciatingly detailed. Like I have a really cool Hellboy one, where like oh, literally nice. his, you can load his gun with individual bullets. Oh, and they're dope. like wow. You know how like there's, there's specific bullets that he wow. fires in Hellboy. They're the actual individual bullets that are like I don't know. <clears throat> like one sixteenth of the size of my finger are like properly engraved with the lore. And I don't know. I, I, I definitely agree. I like when, when uh statues and figures are like also excruciatingly detailed um, for what they're, they're based on. That was one that came to mind. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, gotta, gotta give a shout out to the uh, SIC series. That that was the big one for for me, like in in the nineties and uh, throughout the two thousands. Just the really great high end, uh, you know, Tokusatsu figures, uh, especially the one sculpted by uh, Takeyuki Takeya. Those are oh, those are oh, insane. they're insanely yeah. cool. I yeah, I actually could never afford them as a kid. Uh, I, I finally got my hands on some as an adult like a couple of years ago wow. and they're they're on another level like 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 uh, one of the areas where um figurines uh, across the board have improved a lot is uh, painting and uh, that that you know uh, paint quality uh, that that was one of the areas they pioneered and it was actually a mcfarland toys that really really like innovated there really pushed made, it yeah it really yeah. pushed it made high quality uh paint more of a priority um but the, the thing that really stood out about the SICs to me is actually the the sculpting catches the light super well. Like I, I yes. it really stood out when I put it next to my other figures, which are all like nice, but like my goodness, like if you rubbed all the paint away on all of them, like the SIC like doesn't need the paint. Like like it's sculpted with lighting like in mind. Like uh, Absolutely. which I think is something that uh it, it it's it's definitely something that 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 is intuitive if in an era where like it's sculpted by hand right and and nowadays a lot of stuff is uh you know it's it's 3d 3d printed uh, which, which is fine it still takes lots of skill and stuff but sometimes when you when you're working purely on the computer um you, you know you forget about stuff like that you forget about exactly how it'll light will fall on it in real life at that scale and i don't know the sic stuff is like oh it's still still beautiful like decades later so, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, could, the, I guess that was my love at first sight then. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the coolest things to do uh, that I've loved doing is literally looking at sculpture work exactly like this, exactly like the works of like Takeya and people like this. It's like, oh, I, I yeah. love looking at this for, for reference sometimes just to sort of like get into my mind like as a pixel artist and just someone, as someone who likes to just draw generally like, all right, what would it be like if I was physically like trying to sculpt this like in my own like mind or with my own like hands? Like just having a look at how it is that people can so specifically, like you said, like just handle like texture, handle form and shape and volume so well. And with all of this in mind, like it's a really, really good idea in in my mind at least to like look at some things like this just to get an idea for like the sort of uh the the there's a sort of a realist uh, version of like fantasy in a sense so like bringing something that is so obviously like fictional but like into the 3d space this way in such a tactile specific kind of a way i think it can be very useful for artists to like learn about and like look at and learn from i think it's really it's really cool stuff and i, I love looking at stuff like this for, for reference a lot it's helped me a ton in terms of just pixel art a lot yeah yeah, good stuff. Yeah, super, super cool. <laughs> oh, man. Has everybody gone around? Has everybody had their one quarter? Are we, are uh, we going for another round? Are we... Yeah, we can go around again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, only, I only say this because I, I think there's like a... There's a specific vibe of like when it's like a crush or so like a game or like you know something in particular so like i i feel like you know if we have more then we should we should definitely yeah, we'll drop some because i definitely have, okay definitely have more well, uh the more that you know we all like yeah let's do another up? round they go for it go for it go for it yeah i've got way more yeah yeah, yeah. Could could I could I actually yeah. piggyback? I'd like to piggyback off of yours, actually, if, sure. if I can get one in real quick. 
So of course, um, you know, uh, uh, Psylocke, X-Men Children of the Atom, just a gobsmackingly beautiful game, just dropped out of the heavens, you know? Um, and like you said, like for, for you, it was Psylocke. And I think uh, for me, it was, and, and probably for, for everyone here, <laughs> I think I think you know what I'm going to say. That, that oh, idle animation, that idle animation. Woo! The first time that you see, oh my God. It's, it's I can't. I can't even think of her name right now. I'm, I'm just spiral. viewing the spiral. Yes. Yes, <laughs> spiral. Yeah. I was so. Um, the first time you see spirals, <laughs> idle animation. I. It, it was just like, I was in heaven. Like I'd um, never seen anything like so smooth and like just mesmerizing. I mean, like, just just. Like there, I don't think there's ever been such a smooth idle animation before that. Like no one ever put that much effort into an animation that you're not even going to see, right? Because most of the times, you know, like in a fighting game, especially, you got to keep moving, right? You're not going to hold still. Mm -hmm. And yet they poured so much love into that. And just, I mean, I, I already, you know, I was such a huge fan of the comics. Uh, th those were like the most exciting comics of the day. And like, I always thought Spiral had a really cool design, but to see her in motion, to see like all six of her arms, like wiggling around and to see that, um, you know, uh, she was doing the Akali's dance of death, basically like this was, they were digging into like, like Vedic imagery, which, um, you know, I, that, that seems like actually very, that's very, a na very natural connection to make. Uh, um, and uh, I don't think the comics ever really dug into that. No, um, that, not really. that, that was, that took the mind of uh, Katsuya Akitomo, the, the sprite artist behind this. He, he was also the, the, yes. the Marvel otaku, right, at Capcom. He was the guy that really, he was like translating comics for them, making sure that everything was super authentic. And he was the specific sprite artist. Um, on spiral and he, he he did actually say uh online like yeah like he actually was looking at like vedic and hindu statues like that that was the reference he didn't do the animation but he did the pose and the initial uh sprite art to start it off and then oh my gosh the animation takes it to another level just how just all her her, her wrists are bending and swirling and th there's no start or stop to that animation you know what i mean there's no mm. clear like beginning and end. Like, everything flows into every other yeah. part, and yeah, you, you know the, the whole thing. Might, the spiral yeah. feel, the, spi the spiral yeah. like sprite doesn't even feel like a sprite. It just feels like an entity that's just yeah. like fi yeah. finds its way inside yeah. of a CPS two board. Like it doesn't even it transcends art. I know that sounds crazy to say, but like if you really sit down and look at that idle animation, like it is literally some of the best pixel uh art that you could feast your eyes on um yeah uh i'm gonna recommend something for you uh richmond uh mm -hmm. it's 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 basically like combo asmr but there is a tool assisted <laughs> video okay. by ultimate player and they play through x-men children of the atom with psylocke and it is literally the most beautiful thing you can honestly watch um and I'm, I'm, I'm going to link it to you for later because if you watch it right now, you'll just leave the podcast. Like you'll, <laughs> okay. just, you'll, 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 you'll leave the podcast, but uh, yeah. Um, I, I totally agree with you. Um, if I had to pick like a second, uh, you know, Sprite that mesmerized me, it was definitely spiral. 
uh, yeah, like I, I, for anybody who's never played this game um, or have never seen it, um, you know, I, I recommend like either going on YouTube and looking at some footage or like, you know, if you can, if you're lucky enough to like, you know, find a cabinet, uh, however it is that you find it, uh, and and just witness how beautiful this game is. You'll you'll understand, um, you know, like what I'm talking about. <laughs> Fight Kate. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so like, what was that? Just, what, um, Fight Kate. What, Sorry, what, what was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, you know, live your life and uh, and find this game because uh, it really does have some of the most beautiful 2D uh, pixel. Uh, art and animation in it and spiral is definitely one of the really amazing uh artistic feats of that game yeah oh my gosh I, just i have to go next story just because we're, we're right. talking about pixel art we're, we're talking about beautiful work we're, we're just we're speaking about something which is obviously very much near and dear to me but oh my goodness like there's so many great games there's so many great projects that people have worked on for such vast periods of time i think that obviously pixel art being the medium that it is a lot of people have some varying misconceptions about it about its ease of use about its about its ability to portray certain instances even just about you know how to even like get started in it but i think that one of the best things to do honestly is to look at something beautiful that someone's done over such a long period of time and then you know set that not necessarily as your goal but to take inspiration like from it and that's one of the things that i did that's one of the ways in which that i was able to start my own like journey in this realm and that it was all thanks to one very specific game and that game was owlboy like i have to go back to this one again it is just so fantastic this is one of and i'll just say it's one of the most beautiful games that exists it's one of the most painstakingly beautifully crafted and intentionally so well-crafted games that I've ever seen. I think that Simon Anderson is one of the goats. He's one of the best artists that is in my, in my eyes, one of the best artists alive today. One of my favorite people who's able to so specifically wield, not just like art as like a, not necessarily as a weapon, but as a, as a mode of like understanding the world around him. I think that when you're looking at, for example, his ability to animate, his ability to contrast like foliage uh, colors with like the light from different like objects that, that are coming off different rocks, that come off so many other things. Like he understands so many different types of fundamental across so many different artistic medium, but it all comes together so naturally and beautifully in his pixel art. I think that when looking for example at like some of the owlboy just like gameplay videos that you could like find on online or when you are looking for example at like just various different like gifts and things like that of owlboy back when it was like you know and in a in development for example there's an there's an environmental showcase video that i'm gonna put in but if you type in on youtube just owlboy environmental showcase uh nordic uh, game 2017 nomination for the best art like if you watch that there's there's no way that anyone could say to me that like pixel art is like you know just easy that pixel art is just like it like as something that just is done without the second thought like this is somebody who mm. again was doing art like this like for such a long period of time i have to reiterate like this game was like on such mass levels of a uh, of polish back in like 2011 2010 this was before the kind of like i suppose like formal before the sort of formal um indie game sort of boom that 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 was during the uh the late yeah. 20 the, the late 2000s sort of like going into the 2010 period like this game 
I still think about it now, like, had more people sort of, like, known about, like, the ways in which, like, D-Pad Studio were working and the ways in which Simon was working specifically, I still think that even then it could have made, like, even larger shifts than it did with respect to, like, the uh, the birth of the high bit era, so to speak. But just, again, this is something I could speak about for ages and ages, but, like, this is just, it is a beautiful game. It is a beautiful project. And you can even hear more about the creation of this if you go in on uh, on gdc if you if you take a look at Alboy, the evolving art of a 10-year project uh, simon's gdc talk you can uh, check that one out there as well but just generally like Ooh. one of the most yeah just what well, what well, one of the most amazing uh games for art that i've uh, that i've ever seen in my entire life you can follow even simon i'll give him a shout out here simon s anderson at snake pixel on twitter that's s-n-a-k-e pixel p-i-x-e-l uh yeah he's Honestly, just he's able to create things that will just improve not just like your day, your week, but just your life. He'll he'll show you things that will just not just impress you, but will make you actively rethink what it is that you're trying to do, what it is that you're doing, and it'll make you. It's made me want to be better. It's made me want to improve. It's made me want to do so many different things. And I just think that like the ability to put what are in essence just colored squares together in ways that can not only recreate the world around us as we see it, but add in such vast swaths of stylization with such specific refinements in some areas adding in the technical limitations of the fact that yes these things are 2d but he's able to posit such like volume such shape such texture i think there's a richness to the ability to to, to to his abilities to portray these to us i think that when we're looking at these things and how congruent all of it looks the ways in which like the wind affects the grass affects the cloth that blows over like a sheet the way that like the branches sway the way that the clouds billow in the background like all of it it feels so natural and it feels you know it doesn't feel digital despite this being obviously an exclusively digital medium in many senses i think that a lot of the time when we are looking and thinking about pixel art we, we don't necessarily have this image of it in mind not to say that this is the only or the best image or not to say that it can be just the only image that anyone could think of but i just think that I think that there's a real there's a real beauty to a project like this, and I think that a lot more people need to just be happy that this exists and need to just check it out. Honestly, I think that it's just awesome. There's there's this there's the um there's another thing here. I just really want to just mention very quickly. It's a it's a trailer for a project that he again just put together called Chrono Break. It's not an oh, actual game, of course, dude. but I have yeah. to get into this wonders really quickly. Oh, just the yeah. fact that again, like Simon is somebody who is he and the and the team of people that worked on this are just like just absolutely fantastic at not just like setting the scene but getting the sentiment of said scene like correct just without without even having to like explain so much like you can look at something and then just have like all of the intersectional like emotional bits of like what it is that he's trying to show you you'll feel it like in your stomach you'll feel it when you're looking at like an image that he's put together when you're looking at a gif when you're looking at a, a trailer like this you, you'll you'll wish that like something was real and i think that um that's one of the most beautiful things i think about like his work to me whenever i look at anything that he does i, I just wish that there was more of it when he makes a, a mock-up for a game i wish it was real when he makes a chrono break after trailer or chrono break trailer I, do, I wish it was real i wish that i wish that it was a full like project in many ways but also i'm grateful for the fact that we even get to see this on any level at all that we have someone here who's been putting in the time effort and work and just the passion love the creativity to be able to bring this together i just think that yeah this is um 
this is this is just a, a beautiful thing, and I think that we should just be really happy that we're able to see this uh, this sort of you know time in the in our in our lives as human beings. I think it's just a, a wonderful thing. Yeah. Ah, oh, beautifully put. Yeah, yeah. His, his sprite art is just it makes makes your heart sing. You just feel good looking at it. Like I, I, that's the only way I can put it. Like when I watch Chrono Break, like I feel joy just looking at it like it's just so pleasing to look at the shapes the colors the world that it conveys oh my gosh like that that i wish it existed i i'm filled with longing and <laughs> looking just absolutely at the of yeah, it. My goodness. yeah i am appropriately sad right now like <laughs> but also very grateful that someone has this touch with pixel art yeah. and is actually sharing it with other people especially in 2023 i mean yeah there's people who do indie stuff and you know you see people making pixel work and all that and it's great but it's also like there are just certain people when they when they pick up those instruments man and they they get up there metaphorically on that stage and they express themselves in pixel art like oh man it's it's a, it's, yeah. it's a moment you know aj yeah. why have you done this to me I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, like, Oops. yeah, yeah. Is it is it love at first sight, uh, Sean? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you know what uh, it is specifically. Um, so that style of combat that's shown in the um, sprites, it reminds me of games like Valkyrie Profile. Um, yeah, I see what which you mean. I I I also, as James said, I I, I longingly miss. Um, mm. But there's this thing Indeed. about like that that particular, um, it, th this particular type of stylization with that style of side scrolling combat that uh, is actually one of my favorites. So like, yeah, <laughs> this like shot me right back into like, oh, we could have a Chrono Trigger, but like Valkyrie profile. I I can see. I don't even have to imagine it. I can see what it would look like, but. But I can't. Yeah, for, but, but it's just I can't have it. It's the forbidden love. Yeah. Uh, if if you're listening and you haven't seen the uh, Chrono Break trailer, like just pause, pause right now. Go go look it up because it, it is fantastic. It's it's well uh, time. Yeah, I think I mean it, it's a hundred percent just like Simon's style. He's def developed such a refined style. But but if if you haven't seen it, if you're trying to picture it, picture Chrono Trigger by way of like. Breath of Fire four and King of Fighters thirteen. It's like if you mix just like yeah, that's that's it. Like that's that's the, the beautiful picture. sprite art games oh ever. Like yeah, this is what yeah. you get. Yeah. Oh, si since we you talked about King of Fighter thirteen, like I mean, of course mm. I have to talk. Like you remember when they announced KOF twelve? Like the, the the roster of characters was not complete, mm -hmm. and uh, and at the time I was. And I'm still um, a K-Dash uh, um, simp, like completely. Like K-Dash, Kula, <laughs> and Yuri are like my, my go-to characters, you know. And when they announced the team of uh, K-Dash, the, the sprite they remade in oh. KOF 13 for these characters specifically, it exuded like charisma. 
like at a level I haven't, I've never seen before in a sprite character. And it was like, I, I remember I screamed like, <laughs> like, like he's back, he has the glasses on and his, his, his pose is like he's very prepared, but at the same time they embrace, you know, the filiform aspect of his physics, like he's, is is very thin but he's muscular at the same time and and he has two poses one in, when he's prepared and one where he stops and he puts his hands inside his pockets and the only moves he does is uh, move his head around like uh, like oh my god i'm getting yeah. stiff here because i'm not fighting enough and i watched this on the it at the at the time the snk website for kof 13 put the sprites on display just for you oh, to watch yes. like 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 yes. look look at what we've done you know it was yes. such it was so much so bold and so like they were so proud of it and i remember watching it and i was like oh my god this is like one of the basically k and kula were like the duo of characters like the couple of characters that made me want to play a King of Fighter because I knew about KOF before, but when KOF 2000 came out, the game is like the world game is basically love at first sight. But I remember when I saw, I already knew about K, but was not so fun. And they introduced Kula as a rival, you know, about fire and ice characters and stuff like that. Yeah. And they both have the kind of same outfit, but with different colors and stuff like that. And I remember both the moveset and stuff. So I was a huge simp for those two characters. I'm, I'm still playing uh, Kula, basically, because it's it's Ryu, but uh, with, uh, with with ice, <laughs> which, which is basically super cool. Which is awesome. And, and, uh, and, um, and so she's broken in KOF 11, and that's the KOF I'm playing right now. So good. And, uh, and I remember when they announced the characters, like this team, like K, Kula, and, and Maxima, even Maxima, like imagine watching Maxima inside. Oh my God, this is <laughs> incredible. Like, and the, the, I, I swear, I, I was yelling like, yes, yes, they did it. They did it. Like they managed <laughs> to do it. You know, it was so incredible. Like one of my best memories of uh, fighting game in the last 20 years. Like, oh my God. Ah, and I was so... like, and I was so disappointed in KOF 14 and 15 because it's more like, you know, large and muscular and stuff like that. And they added like seams on these, like in the unnecessary details. So KOF 13 Kedash is like my, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm a stan, you know, complete stan. Like, yeah, absolutely. I I just want to point out, um, <clears throat> they really like pushed their their new sprite tech with that uh, with his color palette too. I just yes, posted an yeah. image uh, where he is literally like the Windows XP logo colors. Uh, they were able to edit his palette K dash in the KOF thirteen so that each quadrant of his body corresponding to a limb is a different primary color. It's like you know his right arm is blue. Uh, his left arm is red, his left leg is yellow, and his right leg is green. <laughs> it's just crazy looking. 
Gosh, that, that game is full of so many amazing, just amazing bits of artistic direction and, mo- and and momentary sort of like special prize moments that you see in like, the background as well. That game is full of beautiful yeah. background art. Like I would highly recommend that people check that out. But um, as a moment now that I'm thinking of in my mind, and uh, Richmond, you've spoken about this on Twitter. This was one of maybe one of the first like threads that I saw from you. Maybe maybe I'm not sure. It's from a while ago, but okay. it was um it was of a character and like they they open up like a they take the, a bit of the blade out of a sheath and it glints in the darkness like i just mm. like, i love that like bit of art so much i'm gonna try and like find it but like yeah like it's just such oh a in the background animation. yeah in the, in the background of a character yeah yeah it's the last blade characters and yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Just, oh yeah. my god setsuna in last blade oh yeah. <laughs> oh setsuna yeah. senpai oh my god oh my god like like yeah. that like you're, you're a teenager and you're a fan of uh, uh Rurouni Kenshin and you see Setsuna, you're like, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. uh, I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do, but uh, I'm going to do it. Like, found it. It's, it's, Mori, <laughs> it's Moria Minakata. That, that was the character who, who they are, I think. Yeah, ah, yeah, Moria. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah, but they're, more, yeah. They're, they're basically yeah, they're basically in the background and like it's just absolutely insane. Like just the way that like the there's a, there's a certain glint that comes off of their blade and just like just this character oh, in the background, so the color palette, like the color palette of the background itself, the greens, the oranges, the reds, the sort of burned hues, like just the way that it all so naturally sort of like comes together so nicely. Like the sort of red casting coming off of the actual metal of the sword itself, and then like the sort of like little glint flash that would happen as it would obviously obviously as a like would bounce off it into your eyes. I just I love that so much. It's such a specific, acute attention to detail, posited in such a fun but also stylish way. Love it. Yeah. Oh gosh, the background characters in that game are such a tease because it's like here's a slight glimpse of what Samurai Showdown would look like in the style of KOF 13, and it's like, oh, please give me that. <laughs> my 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 body and soul long for that. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, I love. KOF, <laughs> KOF 13 is a, a very special game to a lot of us here at Art Eater. So, yeah, we, we, we all have our our feelings about it. I mean, they, they, they literally gave me the thing that I didn't even know I wanted was like L Driver in a fighting game. Like, I already yes. love Machine But, like, when they, when they put the L Driver stige on her like it was just like i'm never going to stop playing this character ever hmm. like it's just like it, it, snk did something extremely special um not to say that they haven't done special things before but kof 13 is like it's just insanely special man right. Just real quick for the listeners, in case you didn't know, L Driver is a character from uh, Kill Bill. Is the, the the rival to the main character? Uh, she was played by Daryl Hannah. And, yes. Um, yeah, she's she was a, famous like, for a Splash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now she comes back as a you know this lady with an eye patch. Um, mm. Yeah. And 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 then they they channeled her into a. a into uh vice right in in uh yeah completely yeah Mm-mm. yeah yes yes they did uh but, yeah advice but yeah that, that's uh that's amazing that we could we could do probably an entire episode on that could be named like wow these sprites 
Where each each of us took take like one I don't know idol animation like remember the idol animation on Vice in KOF 2002 unlimited match yes. where she's not starting but she's like moving up and yes. down like oh my god yes. yeah we could do that all day like um, yes. Charity yeah. stream 12 hours of Sprite uh, <laughs> team. Yeah, I'm with let's it. Go. I'm with it. Yeah. Yeah. Sprites. Full, full metal madness. Just sprites. Oh my God. Just sprites oh, everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. Gosh. So, anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll get, should we go out of fighting games? Because I think we're going yeah, to, sure. <laughs> to, to do yeah, yeah, this yeah. episode entirely. Yeah, what a, games, what a shocking trajectory this episode has taken. Again. Okay. I've definitely got got a got a got a good one. Okay. Well, shoot it. What at? is it? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, well, no, I mean, I was kind of expecting others to uh, to go first, but uh, I, I I have such a thing, uh, even to this day, and it's from a game I haven't touched in a long while for maybe sentimental reasons or like a a vibe check, if you will. Uh, you know, sometimes I play certain games when I'm in a particular mood and, uh, you know, that mood just hasn't really hit me as of yet. But uh, this conversation, for some reason, has reminded me of another uh, <coughs> beloved crush that I have had uh, at first sight. Oh. Uh, I was one of those people who was deeply in love with the boss. Uh I (laughs) was enamored with uh, how strong and just commanding she was, regardless of how ruthless of a uh, a woman uh, she actually was. Uh, I I, I definitely um, instantly fell in love with this character immediately, almost to a point where it distracted me from actually finishing the game. I was just so mesmerized. About MGS3, Metal Gear Solid 3, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Just to be sure. Something about a woman just telling you to finish the mission in that tone is just like, oh my god! Like I was just completely mesmerized and like sympathized by this character. Um, I even liked her appearance in Metal Gear Solid Four when she was Big Mama. Like I, 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 I felt even a type of way then. I was very yes, ma'am about it. Uh, <laughs> Like, yeah. Um, I mean, she brings up a tangent with me where I feel like um, we should have more older women in games. Yes. Uh, okay. I, 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 um, I really think I, I kind of went on like a, a mini rant on Twitter like the other day where I was just like, just give me Helen Mirren and Meryl Streep running up library ceiling shooting at each other. Like, why can't I have that as a game? <laughs> like, yeah. Why? Why is that so hard to do? Like. Um, you know, but yeah, like characters like this, you know, I feel like, you know, if you put them in the control of a player, you could create some interesting experiences, some new narratives can be like expressed. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people would, would benefit from that. So, uh, that's my segue from <laughs> my, my tangent, uh, from talking about, uh, the boss, but right. the boss is, I, I, I love the boss. Ran- random aside, uh, back in the day at Anthem, all of our computer names were Metal Gear bosses. Oh, that's on our so network, sad. You yeah. see, like the boss, the pain, yeah, and so on. <laughs> the pain was the worst <laughs> computer of all. 
like, you know, oh, you go to with the pain. Oh no, it's laggy. Like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Hey, Sean, do you, do you remember when we? Because uh, uh, Sean and I used to work together. You know, um, do you remember when we got that Mac and for some reason, like the PC died, like right when <laughs> we like plugged the Mac in, and I think, and we were like, it was it's Fox die. We got like Fox die. We got like two iMacs or something. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Shall we? Shall we ca- carry on? Love. Yeah. Love yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Indeed, so I, got, I got one. I got one. So. Oh, you go, um, you go for it. Yeah, I could talk about Capcom and SNK all day, and truly, uh, you know, those those are some of my greatest loves in in games. But, but really. Um, Something that I haven't talked about as much on on, on the Art Eater podcast is, uh, you know, one of one of my first true true loves in video games was, uh, well, SquareSoft, the, the games of, of SquareSoft, and I, I I I still think of them as SquareSoft, not just Square Enix, but like, oh my goodness, those they they they, oh they were just rapturous, like like just the, the the stories, the characters, the music, like it took games to new artistic heights, you know, that I didn't think were possible as a kid. And there's one moment and one game in particular that I, I, I just I still am in love with to this day. And that that is uh, Final Fantasy Six. And I still remember uh, just seeing that opening for the first time. I was, I was in Thailand. I was at a, a mall called uh, Gasunt Gao, which which is closed now, actually, James. Unfortunately, uh, y- you'll pass by it, but you can't go in. That used to be the top mall. And uh, it was 1994. And you used to be able to rent, go to the mall and rent time in blocks of 30 minutes uh, in front of TV stations with game systems hooked up to them. And I remember going there, and they had Final Fantasy VI. And I was so excited. And, you know, this makes no sense, right? Playing like uh, an RPG just at the mall, right? Like <laughs> it, it, you'd expect like arcade games, but I was like, oh my God, like I got to play this. And like, you know, my, my siblings, we were all so excited. And they, they, um, gosh, it, it was actually a disc system. It was a bootleg system that used floppy disks. And we loaded up the game. And then that is incredible. Just the the the, the wow. music that ah yes this one oh man he's taking us there <laughs> yeah oh, like I, I and 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 it's just the the you you see the uh, the max the characters and their max walking you know, through the snow at night. And it's just like so somber. And, the, and there's just like the glow of the town in the distance. And it it's just so, such a precious, beautiful memory to me. Like I, I actually, that song was seared into my brain. And th- this was like pre-internet times. So you couldn't just look up the video. And, you know, this was Final Fantasy VI. It wouldn't come out in America for like another year, right? Where it would be called Final Fantasy III because we missed out on like so many of them. I remember going back and I would just hum the songs to my friends because I was like the only way they could experience it, right? Because, you know, we, we, we couldn't just like go on YouTube and look it up. Like that, that's, we were so excited for those games and that, 
gosh, like I, I love that game. And uh, you know, of yeah. course, I bought the actual real game when it came out in America, and and it was just a treasure. Like we, that was like our thing. Like we, me and my friends, we would just talk about that game all year. Like it's it's a relatively short game, you know. It's it's it, it, it's like forty hours to beat it, like eighty hours if you want to max everything out. But we just never got tired of discussing it and figuring out all the all the little secret lore drops and strategies and yeah that game i yeah. I, I love that game i still get emotional when i hear the music yeah. uh but on that richmond speaking of squaresoft um you know what i'm gonna say uh yes of xenogears but yep. specifically <laughs> uh and i don't know i don't know i'll, I'll see if i can find the actual prompt but so uh semi-spoiler for people who haven't played xenogears yet time um there's a, a so you have a underground you have a submarine called Drazzle. Um, later in the game, so so initially it's a sand submarine. It doesn't it it goes under the ground, right? Uh, later in the game, you get an upgrade for Drazzle where it can fly, um, and then there's a basically you can you, the the world map in Xenogears is like semi three D, um, and uh, I'll see if I can find the actual music, but the the music prompt. For when you you go out of the out of Yggdrasil into the world map where you can fly and you can actually just start flying around randomly, um, that music prompt like that that hits me right in the same way that Richmond's talking about with Final Fantasy VI. Just like um, it has like a very hopeful uh, look. It, it kind of like ramps up. It's like it, you know it makes you want to just fly around and stuff. And it's just like I don't, that kind of thing. Uh, that kind of magic. I don't know doesn't doesn't seem to come up in games as much anymore. It's uh, I I just want to say it's not just nostalgia. It's like they had perfect synergy between the music and the gameplay and the art direction. Like, like the the you could feel that the teams were really closely knit. Like there was just oh my gosh, lightning in a bottle. Uh, yeah, so just Absolutely. just just the perfect team at the perfect time. Uh, just just coming into their full power is a great thing to, to witness. Ooh. Gosh, there really is something about that, isn't there? Like the way that just, um, you kind of get like, you, the way that we get whisked away and it's, you're right. It's not necessarily like nostalgia, but like just that you feel this sort of profound, like appreciation for the fact that you're able to experience a thing just at this time, yeah. like in the world. And like, I guess that just like, there is a real gratitude that we feel with respect to like the, the hope that that brings, right? It's like, oh, this is nice, this feels good, but also like, yeah, I hope that other people can feel this way, or I hope that I could make something that makes someone feel this way. Like, it's a sort of, it's an altruistic sort of energy, I think, that comes out of art like this, that it allows you to feel yourself. It's very, it's a very interesting thing. It's a very real feeling, I think. Uh, that that's such a good way of putting it. Altruistic, yeah. Like it's it just. Mm. That, that's the word I was searching for. It just just yeah. makes you feel wonderful. It's just so giving. Yeah, yeah. you kind of want to share the, the the empathy and the the, the bond in some way. Like yeah, like you want to to, to express it and uh, share it with others. Exactly. Ah, uh, that's great. Gosh, there's so many things. I just wanted to mention as well, like just musically like there's so many beautiful bits of music from different games but like one of my favorite um composers uh, Sakuraba, like the work that he's done across so many different game franchises and across so many different projects is astounding 
I think that one of the coolest ones for me, at least anyway, is um, in, I'm going to mention this again, because I always do to all my friends, all the people that know me, Golden Sun, I'm going to talk about it very quick, but like, yeah, like, I just really, really love, I really love the ways in which, like, there are so many very specific vibes and like sort of like giving sentiments that exist within that that series but there's a there's a song called elemental stars and like it is absolutely wonderful i'm gonna i'm gonna send it in like now just for everyone to have a quick listen to it but i mean like just if anyone does have the time just listening now just go on youtube later on type in just like the elemental stars golden sun and just have a listen like it's just a beautiful song that whisk you away basically the saying when where this song first gets played you walk into a cavern where these orbs named the elemental stars are housed and each one of these represents the one of the uh, the four elements you have you know earth fire water like um air and like these are you know what keep the um what keep the world going in essence they're, they're what facilitate the, the the synergy or cyanergy some people call it that allow for like the nature to thrive that allow for animals to to be as they are that allow for people to be able to use special powers in this world but like there is magic in this music i'm telling you it's, it's such a beautiful song and it really just like like a sort of like a lullaby in essence it's sort of like twinkly it's sort of very light and airy but also it has this this beautiful wonderful sort of orchestral backing to it as well at the same time and yeah it, it just really builds up uh, the sort of grandiose feeling of beginning an rpg adventure and i think that there are so many composers out there that do wonderful work but just the work of uh, matoi sakuraba with respect to this song is just fantastic i think that it just really really sort of just encapsulates the beginning of like not just any journey but like a very specific jrpg journey it's really nice yeah oh. Yeah. In the same way as you, do, do, do you remember the opening song and uh, kind of OAV, OAV style of Wild Arms on the PS1? Yeah, yeah, with the with the whistling, right? Yeah, the whistling, the very the very Western vibe and stuff. That huh. that that one made me crazy, but I didn't have the game, so it was like I don't don't even know what the game is about. I know there are three characters and stuff, <laughs> and you can pick uh, each character and you start with the with the one you want. And I was like, when I was uh, younger, I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. Like, you can do games with Western. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm listening to the uh, the Golden Sun theme right now, the Elemental Stars. It's It evokes uh, such like a sense of the profound. Like, yes. It feels like you're beginning the journey, but also that you're like reflecting back on it after like a, a lifetime too, like simultaneously. Exactly. Like it is it's it's really cool. Yeah, the scenery is beautiful as well. I'm just putting in a quick video so you can see it in context, but like I the, the first time that I played this game, it was probably 2001, probably about 6. I was just like doing Aww. I was yeah, no, no, three, two thousand probably. That's probably five, actually. But like, yeah, like this, this game, it showed and taught me so many things that are still like found, that are still like foundational to how it is that I view like creativity today. I think that just um you want people to be able to feel a layer of like mysticism you want people to be intrigued you want people to be amazed but at the same time like you want to be able to tell a compelling like story and i think that just like having played something like this so so young and being able to not necessarily understand all of it then but to have this as like a as a as a foundation to build from 
I'm just super grateful for that even. I even just went into a store one day and like pointed at this and then my dad was like, all right, cool, like let's get this then. And then like it just changed my life. You know what I mean? I didn't know what Golden Sun was. <laughs> I didn't know who Matoy Sakurai was when I was like five or six or whatever. Like I didn't know anything about anything. But like but what I did know is I had fun. And like one of the first things that I definitely do remember feeling and saying to myself when I was younger playing this when I was a little bit older was that like, yeah, I, I wanted to make some make someone feel the way that I felt playing part of that game. Like I wanted to show someone something that would let them feel that kind of awe that you were talking about and how help them feel that like that altruism. I think that again, it's just such an important part of what it is that we feel when we play games, when we experience the media that we enjoy. And when we even try something different that we thought that we might not like. I think that one of the sort of first most in- integral parts of uh, of love, I think, is awe, is wonder, is uh, is mysticism, is intrigue. I think that when we fall in love, we definitely, you know, we want to obviously know more about the person but like there's a there's a curiosity there that is that is sparked upon those on those encounters upon those moments and i think that games are of course one of many mediums which can encapsulate that feeling very very well definitely this is true yeah yeah yeah, I just, uh, I just me, love the me. fact that like the background is just like this is it's this black void with like purple stars glistening and like it looks like water and uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, go on, Richard, love- sorry. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I was just gonna say we we should do a, a, a game music podcast. I don't think we've done that before, right? No, we haven't. Yeah, no, we, 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 we should. We, yeah. that, that's such an important part of games, and it, really? it's uh, you know, I mean, we, we we we've spoken volumes about gameplay, graphics, but uh, music is really important. Really ties like it's just as important to games as 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 it is to you know a uh, uh, film easily. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Master. Yeah. So. yeah. There's a reason that people will listen to an OST that they heard when they were, I don't know, nine, 10. And they can be in their forties and it's still fresh to them. It still gives them something that, you know, maybe it's the thing that they felt initially, but sometimes even new things can come from it. Um, Yeah. Video game music is uh, it's, it's, it's like a, I don't know, man. It just it's it, it it breathes life into the work that goes into the games that you know, like the whether it's sprites, backgrounds, three D models, whatever. Like it's like that extra icing on on the cake of you know the narrative that the game is expressing. Uh, what's going on with the characters? Like it 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 brings you that much closer uh, to the experience. So yeah, yeah, we we should definitely do. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just had an epiphany. Just, just uh, Adam, hear, hearing you talk about the beauty of sprite art and how concise it is and how it, it can convey so much, right? Like with so little, I, I realized that's the appeal of uh, um, you know chip tunes and the, like early yeah. game music is it, it's the same thing. It, it's within this this set of incredible limits. Like how how do you convey like a symphonic score? How do you convey like who these characters are, you know, this world mm-hmm. with just a couple of sound channels. You know, some of the sounds drop out when the sound effects come in because the sound process oh, yeah. is like so weak, right? Like yeah. it's so limited. Like the entire game is smaller than like 
a modern ringtone in terms yeah. of a uh, file size, but my gosh, they like that also means just like every every part of it is is super deliberate, and that that's why uh, the stuff that that you know that's why it can stand the test of time when it's well done. It is yeah. so so refined. Yeah, we we regularly share memes now that are larger in file size than some of the most formative game experiences of people's lives. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. it's it's such a wild thing to think about, but it's true. Like I could send yeah. you like a random meme right now, and that it, it's just it's just larger than like so many different titles from like the NES days, SNES days, yeah. so, so many different things. And I think that like yeah, like you were saying, like these are literal just like squares that we are inspired by like these are these are bits of information that people have crafted into like large overarching stories that like inspire people to get tattoos to move to countries to change jobs to give their children names of main characters that they fell in love with when they were children themselves you know like i think it's a i think it's a really important and interesting thing that we've been able to just again do what human beings have always done and just tell each other stories to just wow each other and carry on legacies in essence that will stand the test of time long after we're gone because that's what stories do that's what word of mouth facilitates it facilitates the immortalization of our ideals and our ideas like who we are today we might not always you know be able to physically exist but we can make something that will stand and live within people for years like i don't care how old i'll be i'll always remember the first time that i saw luffy punch someone doing something horrible to somebody and it made me feel good and i remember that like and I'll never forget that. That's a thing that someone gave to me through the medium of creativity, and that's just in another thing. But that's what it is that we. That's what it is that we do. That's our. That's a part of our greater calling, if you will. And I think that just like talking so specifically about love in games, and again, like love itself, it is a a gift that we give to ourselves through the through the lens of creativity. I think that especially when talking about music, especially when talking about these games, we are just so often able to sort of like forget how how much this can mean to us because we have so much of it around us but like there's just so much work and effort that goes into so many beautiful games that come out now back then and will in the future and it just yeah i'm i'm so excited to hear what other people would think in terms of like their you know first love moments in games or what what they fall in love with because everyone's will be different but i mean like it might be like i don't know like a reload animation it might be like a sweep in tekken that they think is cool it might be like an nba game like sound effect or like just watching someone dunk on someone like there's so many different things that like constitute that for each of us and i think that's just awesome it's just a really cool thing ah beautifully put Oh my um, goodness! I could, I could I could bring a friend that will express his love for the Don Strong Punch, yeah, Don Strong Punch of Q in KOF for hours. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like like this guy is like it's it's the best move ever. You know, like yeah. that, that, that just a two hundred punch. No, no, that's the best move ever. You know, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because I feel that way about his standing heavy kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Anyway, no, no fighting games. Let's do let's do a few more. Let's do some music ones or something else. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I do want to bring up something. Uh, you were talking a lot about like how music makes you feel, and I guess this might be a prologue to I guess the more specific uh, podcast episode where we talk more about game music. But uh, yeah. I want to talk about one of the good ending themes for Streets of Rage One. Um, 
I played that game when I was very young, probably maybe, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade, I'm not even sure. Um, that game was like the reason that I found out about house music. Uh, wow. And I instantly fell in love with it because I was a child. I couldn't go to a club and, you know, like listen to this stuff. I was, I was a kid, you know, I couldn't, I had no access to anything like that. So this game introduced me to uh, like house music and, you know, a lot of the music in the game is just great, just upbeat, just badass, cool music. Um, you know, anytime I heard anything similar like that, like I would just lose my mind. I think there was like a, a Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig commercial that had some sort of house vibe to it because they were like trying to encourage people to lose weight in the summer for the beach and like i was like hey there's a vibe here that i love and it reminded me of streets of rage one but one of the things that i really wanted to talk about was beating that game was so hard and when you heard that ending like you felt like you accomplished something like you felt like you really saved the city even though you're just sitting with a three button controller in your hand yeah and to give that feeling to somebody when you're a child right to feel that sense of accomplishment as a child uh it felt like i was part of a movie and i was the star and i did this and what really encapsulated it the the piece for me with it was 16-bit wave crashing sounds i think that was like the first time in my life as a child that i felt a sense of peace through like electronic uh like technology like just that feeling like even to this day like when i reach certain areas in my life and i feel like oh i've i've done something really good for myself i think about that theme like even as old as i am now like that theme still has like uh a resonance to it for me so like it could be something as simple as a 16-bit like track by yuzo koshiro with waves crashing in it and it just, it still gives that feeling that I felt the first time I beat the game. Oh, so good. It's like the Ratatouille yep. moment, you know, when he eats the food and he's just six again, eating it like his mom made it. Like, it's that. Yeah. Like, it's that It's that exact thing. It's so amazing just the ways that our, the ways that our memories just, like, just unlock and just transport us back to specific moments in time. Like, Absolutely. Sean was just... Sean was just putting in the in the comment there. He said that um, he found a specific moment where he can fly the Yggdrasil in uh, in Xenogears, and he's just like, yeah, that's exactly what that is. You know, it's like you get transported right back to those specific moments in times where you felt so strongly about something. Yeah, I, w- I was also uh, reminiscing about, uh, the, of course, the music of uh, Akira Yamasoka from. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so specifically, I was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but the Silent Hill Two intro, um, where it has it has the guitar. Yes. Like I can even in my mind, I even hear the dialogue as part of it. Like the because the trailer starts off without music, and it's got the whole thing where um, he's talking to Maria, and there's I even hear the part where where he's like, Maria, is that you? And then you hear like the you guitar must. kind of start in the background. It's like, yes, it's ah, it's so good. Everything is so well timed and cued that you just it's 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 all in- inclusive. Like you don't separate anything because the way that it's beautifully orchestrated, man. God, that that's like that's that, that's like your best, your favorite pint just waiting for you, like perfectly frothed. Like mm-hmm. God, man, that yeah, that track is amazing. 
just the way it's put in the game. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I, man, I, that, um, is a, that is I, a good one. I, I watched uh, something um, recently that was actually. I, I swear this is related. It was actually someone analyzing uh, Hamilton recently, and the the thing that that I had I thought was interesting is I watch a lot of analysis stuff, and I don't know a whole lot about music, but they were talking about uh, like Hamilton as an example uses really has a lot a lot of use of light motifs, uh, like basically like he layers in specific. Uh, motifs for characters and events and then as you progress through the play it comes back and it gets layered and like it's it's building on itself right and I look back at things like games that I loved or things that stick in my mind and I feel like it's there's there's these motifs that like that like that guitar motif that I'm talking about I feel like even as I say it I'm like oh yeah the Silent Hill 2 guitar motif almost everybody's like oh yeah you can hear it in your mind right like it's uh, or or even like there's ones honestly recently for for like last of us where they use a lot of the the same light motifs from the game music in the show and oh, it's so crazy yes. how, how yeah, like just a, a little slight motif like guitar string motif can like s- like take you straight back to specific events in games specific elements it's, it's kind of crazy how they yeah. have such ownership over that space if you know what i mean yeah like because it definitely those strings that you're talking about immediately made me think of joel Right, like, right. Nothing else. It always makes me think of Joel. It's just to me that's 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 impressive. It's got such power, right? Just the a couple of a couple of notes. Yeah. Yeah. Can 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 I just go on a brief brief tangent here uh, while, while, while we're talking about light motifs? So so light motifs. That that's like a musical theme, right? That's like like a, a, you know a piece of music that that corresponds to something, you know. In, mm-hmm. in in the composition yeah. and then when it repeats it's, it's it's yeah it's recurring right and they they they're very natural to games right and in, in a lot of video games characters have light motifs you know stages have light motifs and um so the game that i think of when i hear that is once again final fantasy 6 because um yeah. uh the the ending the ending to that that taught me what a light motif was without using that word like it made me think about like oh every character has like a theme it really says something about them and then the way they go together is like beautiful because there's a specific moment in the ending i, I don't want to spoil it but um basically it it shows you it's such a good ending it's, it's like 30 minutes long it's amazing but it's <laughs> it's a there's just every character gets a vignette and there's Every time they come on, you hear their their motif, light motif, their theme, and it's worked into one longer composition so well. And it, it's not just replaying the one you've already heard in the game; it's like a new, you know, remix to to all fit together into this sweeping ending. And then um, I don't I don't want to spoil it, but there's a moment where you hear one character's theme, and then another character comes in and then you that's when you realize these two themes that that up until that point that i'd really enjoyed like separately they were meant to go together uh just as those two characters were meant uh to to be together and it, it was just so beautiful and it's such amazing storytelling through through music you know and and i gosh like i i still tear up just thinking about that hearing that music in my head just realizing oh my goodness like Oh, they go together so perfectly and just, oh my gosh, the I, way I it was conveyed. Yeah. I don't know why, like, at least for me, I know like all of us are, are, are artists of some sort, but like when I look at, like, music seems incomprehensibly complex to me, re- re- even though like I can 
program stuff and whatever. Uh, and the, the thing that Richmond you're talking about, um, to mention, they also do it in Xenogears with Faye and Ellie's themes. They're they're both oh, separate, yeah. and then they slowly blend the light motifs, and then at the end, there's a new theme that combines them. Like to your point, Ugh. that kind of stuff, the amounts of thinking and thoughtfulness that goes into not, not just building the themes in the in the game. And, and I, I want to mention that I think that this is the kind of thing that works so well in games because games allow you to spend so much more time with a character. Um, mm. uh, like I actually like read an article on Art Eater about this in Last of Us, but it's it's true of really like any game. Like you just don't like you watch a two hour movie, you don't have a lot of time to spend with the character. I actually think that's why a lot of adaptations and a lot of things are moving more toward television because it allows them to spend so much more time with the character. But I think when you know you're going to have hours of time with two characters, you can build much more believable relationships. And when you do like stuff like building light motifs together and then bringing them back as their relationship builds. Um, even on the other side, if you want to see a really um, surprising place that this shows up is Professor Layton, uh, him and his girlfriend, Claire. They also have a really beautiful relationship with oh, music wow. that supports it. Aww. Like she didn't gives him his famous hat. If you didn't know that, <laughs> you didn't know a puzzle game could make you feel. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. So, so many should, things. Yeah. So should, many good uh, things. I think uh, maybe maybe one or two more, and then and then I think we gotta uh, start thinking about wrapping things up. Yeah. Anyone else want to go? Let's think about it. Like, ah, uh, yeah, I already did all my main at, ones. To love, be at, love at first sight. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Love at first sight. Uh, Thomas, what's a mechanic? What's a game mechanic that that you instantly fell in love with? A game mechanic. Um, yeah. A game mechanic I instantly fell in love with. Oh, that's going that's going to be absolutely not original because it's again a fighting game. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, and that's a very masochist, masochistic, shistic mechanic. But it's uh, probably um, Roman councils and Guilty Gear. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and especially the 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 false Roman councils and guilty gear, but like the, the the as the name suggests, it's a it's a cancel mechanic. Like you you press a button to a move, then you press three button, and it instantly cancels the move. Like instantly, that's super powerful and very fun to use. You can you can use it in a very creative way, but it can also be very powerful or too powerful or or powerful, but you want to do it more often because it, it helps the character defining the character. You know, for example, you you do a fireball and you cancel it, and you run behind your fireball and you go faster than your fireball, so you arrive first. You know, things like that. And uh, in the in the XX series, they they, they added the um, false Roman cancel, and those are pre-programmed uh, a pre-programmed version that only costs twenty five. Uh, percent of meter but they have a specific timing and as more the, the uh, as the episodes the version of the game um, progressed the the mechanics were very very uh, refined and harder to do like at the time at the first episode you could do like the cancel on the moment of the hit 
and it will come out as a as a blue false romance cancel. And as much as episodes progressed, the, the cancel windows were more and more unnatural. Like, you know, a bit laggy behind the heat or something like that. And it became more and more hard to do. And uh, and it was more often than not two to four frames windows. So it's even tighter than a, a parry in First Strike. It's the same as the red parry in First Strike, to, to give you an, an example. And yes. I remember then when I wanted to, I was I played Soul Bad Guy and then Johnny, and I ended up uh, also Order Son. I ended up wanting to have a character that was hard to play, you know. So I picked I know, and that's probably the hardest thing I ever like uh, try out in a game, and especially in a fighting game. And I can still do it today, and it's the most satisfying probably combo mechanic mix of combo and mechanic it's the chemical uh the chemical lover move you know the the, the horizontal move where she does a, a kind of uh, sound wave that goes on both sides and so this mm-hmm. this move like yes let, 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 let's make, let's make explain this this is insane because this move when she does it she 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 rises up so she she doesn't have to fit on the ground but the game considers that you have you, you did the, the 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 move on the ground but you can also do the move in the air and the difference between air and not air is that mm. you can actually cancel the move because it has a false from and cancel uh, window but if you cancel it on the ground you cannot do anything after that, because I know as the Morrigan air dash, you know, she cannot run directly. There's a startup and she goes flying. So the only way to do a combo with this is that you have to do this move, but do it in the air while you are on the ground. Then you have to cancel a three, I think it's two or three frame window, then input an air dash. And then, and that's the, basically the, the, the core of the combo and you have to repeat that like maybe one or two or three times depending on the combo and that shit is hard like it's it's like you know the cancel windows in kof uh, 13 where if you don't know that there are some things in the game that you can abuse you cannot do this combo and uh, so you have it, it's actually possible the thing is that you do a yeah. 360 and you press the button, and when you do the 360, I know he's going to jump. And when you press the button, she's with the with the frame buffer. She's going to do the move. And once you do that, you don't have the time to press the three button and do forward, forward. So the the thing that you do is that you press forward, then press the three button, then press forward, and I know goes that flying while the move is still active. And it's so so so. It's such a feeling when you manage to do it, and then after that you see Koichi do it like three times in a combo in a in a in a match, and you're like, okay, I'm never going to be able to play this character in its full <laughs> potential ever, you know. But just thinking about it, like you have to do a move in the air, and then it's so fast and so hard that if you don't input in the right window, you lose the combo opportunity. And if you do it, you have to do it in a way that actually abuses the frame buffer, the input buffer, sorry, 
for like two or three times. And after that, you have to do it again. And it's character specific in the eight because the, like the, it's not precise. You know the the way you jump. You don't know which at which eight you're going to be. And since Guilty Gear has a weight system, sometimes the combo will not work because you have to input this lower to the ground, and sometimes you have to be higher and stuff like that. So it's absolutely bananas. Like it, it doesn't make sense at all. You look at this in the current fighting game era, and you're like, what were they thinking? But it's actually one of the most it's awesome. Though amazing feelings you can get like it's pure love like Masoch like yeah you have to deserve it and yeah you are kind of you you kind of have to you know put yourself a lot you have to put a lot in this relationship with this combo and cancel system <laughs> but it works very well and the joke the joke is that you can do it another way while staying on the ground while abus abusing the input buffer again because in this game you can you know cancel moves uh, by your jump but in guilty gear you can do a move input the jump and do another move and the game will consider that you are in the air while you are on the ground so what happens is that if you do the moves the move i uh, i said on the ground you press the three button and you you dash press the three button dash again you don't have to input the 360 but for that you have to input a jump cancelable move that you don't cancel before so yeah it's a uh, whoa <laughs> And yes. that's why, folks, sometimes I get bored in modern games. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I like to... understand. Like, I like right. to complicate my life for nothing. <laughs> I, but yeah, I, I, I completely understand what he's talking about, and he reminded me of a mechanic that I actually like in fighting games. I'm sorry, guys. I know that we, you know, we're, we're talking about fighting games too much, but... Uh, I'm one of those people that I I always fall in love with the cool stuff. I, I usually don't really care about how like other people feel about it. I'm just like, that's cool. I want to do it. So we're going to talk about Marvel vs. Capcom 1. And we're going to actually talk about the... I believe it's called, in, in, in the American version, I believe it was called the variable combo finish or variable combination finish uh so basically in mobile versus capcom one uh if you actually understood how this mechanic worked essentially it's a custom combo with both of your characters at the same time uh it's really hard to control two characters at the same time but if you position them correctly you literally can just do like the most amazing combos with these characters at the same time and it's the most anime shit that you will ever see and it is so fun to do um a lot of people thought it was broken because it is it's completely busted uh but it is a very beautiful thing to witness where you just literally see what i used to do was i would pick wolverine and venom and i would activate this thing and you literally have infinite super meter during this whole period. And there's a meter that goes down, much like custom combos. So instead of juggling special moves, you just juggle supers over and over. And it is so satisfying to see someone die from you converting off of this stuff. And it's so fun and it looks so cool. Uh, you know, Capcom had those rocks falling in the background when you're, no, yeah, you had these rocks and everything just going all over the place. 
and is literally like one of the coolest things like in the world. And I fell in love with that combo system so much. And like people hated me for the stuff that I came up with, but it was so fun to do. Uh, they took that system out after part one. Uh, it has not been in a game since until Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. I believe if you have the the soul gym, there is a mode that's very similar where you can just juggle supers over and over. But uh, yeah, like I, I fell in love with that combo system and I was obsessed with it. Like I used to, when I would finish school, like I would just come home on my Dreamcast and just lab the insane, the most insane stuff ever uh, and just do this and torment my friends. And it was really fun. You know what? It reminded me, sorry again, but it reminded me of a thing on Marvel's Capcom 2. Like the, the game I actually learned to do, the two games I learned how to do um, quarter cycle forward motions, like the Adokan motions, were CVS2 okay. and, um, and uh, MVC2. MVC2. And uh, I remember when I was playing MVC2, I was uh, like a complete noob, you know, about the game. Mm. But the thing I loved the most was like, you know, you have the grip on the Dreamcast pad and uh, it, had, it it was a very, yeah. it, it made, it, it was painful to the hands. I feel like the, the Dreamcast controller, you know, but one well, of I never the used best, it fighting, yeah. yeah, I didn't have an, a stick, an arcade stick at the time, but the, the best feeling I could have was like, you know, you, you're already gripping the controller and suddenly yeah. you have three, three bar, three super bars. And you're against the last boss, you know, the kind of dog of lava, and I don't remember exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm gonna destroy this guy. And you press the two um the two trigger on the Dreamcast. They have yes. a, a, a long, you know, pressing time. And you press like you compress the wall pad and suddenly all the characters appear and do uh their, yes. their, their super moves. That's so satisfying. Like that's a quite that's the total opposite of what I just explained with I know. That's like the <laughs> You press two buttons and you're like, yes, yes. It just feels good because they all appear at the same time and there's like lights going everywhere and like this like crazy sound, like explosion going on and then just like Marvel vs. Capcom magic just like blowing up all over the screen. Like It's just a great feeling. No, I I totally get you. That's the kind of thing that made me really love fighting games. Like sudden, this kind of, you know, feeling of, of power, excitement, surprise stuff and all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's totally expression. It, it's mm-hmm. expression. It's being able to play something, pl- play through the idea of a character that relates to you. That that's literally it. Like we've done this since we were kids, you know. Just like, you know, oh, I'll be like Spider-Man today, you know. I mean, it's just like, all right, cool. So, like, what kind of like moves do you have? Like, it, it's all of that. It's all of that that playfulness that that, that kids do when when they're when they're running around playing tag or whatever. It's it's that same exact feeling, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's very simple, but yet very satisfying. And like, you 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 live for it. You say, you know what? I'll buy this game because I want to have that uh, experience, man. Yep, it's awesome. Hundred percent. No way. Um, All right, let's wrap it. Let's wrap yeah. it. Richmond, okay. take us home, brother. All right. Wow, that one was a, a pleasure. I think that really was the most chill one we've we've ever done. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so thank thank you guys for for taking the time for this. I know we're we're all in different time zones. We're all we all have uh, you know lots of stuff going on, but it's always a pleasure 
week after week to uh, record with you, you gentlemen. So yeah, thank you. And then to to our listeners, thank you for for uh, joining in with us. Um, this is this is pretty much how we just talk normally. <laughs> I always joke yeah, like <laughs> like oh we should have just Real. hit record like. Yeah, even uh, James is, you know, moved to Thailand. Like, this is just how we talk in real life all the time. Yeah, it's wonderful. James, it's, it's wonderful having you. Honestly, this is yeah. kind of how it started. We just, we started reconnecting and just like talking. And then we were like, we should record this. And then yeah. on the internet. And then yeah. people were like, we'd like to listen to you talk about these things. And we're like, we'll keep putting it on the internet. Yep. That's, yeah, that's, and the next, the, exactly. but, but <laughs> yeah. the, the the trap is that the next step is that you 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 stop everything and you go live in Thailand to have this conversation all day. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 my uh, secret plan. That's, I'm that's, almost there. Almost there. Yeah. Almost there. Yeah. <laughs> Complicated. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> okay, so um, yes, if if you like the Art Eater podcast, um, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. That's that's the best place to uh, follow us. Uh, so if you want updates, just look look for us on Twitter at Art Eater Pod- Podcast. A R T E A T E R Podcast. Um, yeah, and if you want to catch up on the older podcast, go to arteater.com. That's A R T dash E A T E R dot com. Uh, and uh, click on the podcast section. You can listen to all the old podcasts there. Also, you know, maybe check out some articles while you're there. And uh, if you want to, um, you know, help uh, keep the podcast going, or rather, lighten the load of the cost of keeping it going, uh, check out our Patreon. So that's uh, Patreon.com/slash/ArtEaterOG. Um, yeah, and then um, I'm your host Richmond. You can follow me on Twitter at Richmond Lee. That's R I C H M O N D underscore L E E. I'm always on there, you know, making really, really dumb jokes or, or uh, hopefully posting about art um, and just stuff that is uh, really exciting. Um, I mean, gosh, today, you know, the the topic was 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 love at first sight but that's really that's what we're all about right it's 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 and it's not just the past it's 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 the present it's the future right it's it's there's always stuff out there that worth worth falling in love with right so for so much for you listeners yeah. it was probably a new episode but for us it was tuesday we do this every yeah. week baby yeah yeah, yeah so um <laughs> Fellas, let why why don't you let everyone know what you're up to and how everyone can can follow along? Sean, let's start with you. Oh oh, uh, I, I I thought you were gonna go Richmond, but I'll, I will. Uh, I'll go as I, <laughs> as I drink coffee at the most inconvenient time. All right, hello, I'm Sean. Usually here, uh, edit the podcast and drink coffee at inopportune times. <laughs> and uh so so you can follow me on twitter at daborsk d-a-b-r-s-k um uh, a big thing i've been doing recently i've been kind of mentioning in the last few episodes um but i've been putting a lot of my time toward it is mentoring uh you know for uh, on a site called adp lists uh that's adp has, it means amazing design people but also it has product and marketing and other types of people so just like i think they have almost fifteen thousand uh mentors on there but uh, I just reached my 5,000 mentorship minutes mark, um, which is nice. a lot. I don't know why, like getting like, to a thousand minutes wasn't yeah, a big awesome, deal, but dude. for some reason, like 5,000 took me a while. But point being is um, you are, you should be welcome to jump on. It's free both directions, meaning like 
uh, mentors don't pay, mentees don't don't pay. It's all it's all just everyone trying to help each other. They have a new program called Talents, so it's uh, I know the the job market for some people right now is not fun. Uh, so I'd recommend it as another venue for getting your name uh, in front of a lot of uh, amazing design leaders, product leaders, and whatever. And also like every, all of the the mentors that I've mentor, met are really uh, gracious and usually very helpful and stuff like that. Uh, or you can you can sign up and talk to me. Uh, I will uh, be happy to help if you're trying to get into the, the game industry or just like want portfolio review or looking for a job or even honestly for some people it's just sometimes it's just has it's nice to have a an ear to to talk about like struggles with and something so that's that's available so anyway check me out uh, there adplist.org uh i think it's uh i don't know the exact url i think it's like backslash mentors backslash sean dash borsky but you can just go to the site and search for search for my name or or don't search for me but uh either way it's <laughs> me all right. Uh, once again, it is your resident fighting game expert. Uh, I do a lot of art, and I, I guess, what? teach people how to play Third Strike at work. Um, but <laughs> when I'm not doing when I'm not doing those things, uh, I do freelance illustration, character design, and storyboard uh, storyboard work. Um, if you are interested in seeing any of the art that I can publicly post, um, feel free to follow me on my Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is twitter.com slash beefykunoichi. It is B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Uh, I randomly rant about art, music, movies, and film in a very specific way, uh, that is very conducive to how I just express myself. And if you're into that kind of thing, um, you should definitely check me out there and have fun with my super specific rants about uh, movies, games, anime, um, and uh, Psylocke. I don't know. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should just follow me there. Um, if you're into tutorials and illustrations and things of that nature that I do, uh, you can also follow me on my Patreon, which is B-E-E-F-Y-K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. There's no underscore in the Patreon. There's underscore in the Twitter. So uh, if you're into any of those things, uh, that's where you can catch me on the interwebs. Oh, okay. It's my turn. Um, <laughs> hello, Thomas. So, hi, I don't, hello. <laughs> Who are you, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have anything special to promote uh, right now. Uh, still working on the project I, I told you about. So it will be, be out in a few months, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah. In the meantime, just, uh, just give money to one of those uh, very uh, good gentlemen. Like, go and talk with, uh, with Sean. Uh, give uh, play a Richmond's game like uh, Richmond. You didn't even mention the Zeka Tactics Twitter account. Oh yeah, the, oh like yes. the, 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 the oh. amazing Zeka Tactics game you're working on. And what's the other game? Well, that you have uh, in the in the oven, like the one with the uh, where you find the objects. Oh yeah, that, like, that's uh, Lost and Fanco. Oh, yeah, you Lost are and Fanco. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the art of this game is so good, and you can wishlist it on Steam. So go and wishlist it. Uh, it's super cute. It's like 
it's it's ah so so, so great. It's, it reminded <laughs> me of uh, maybe some people rem- remember this game where you have cats. It was Neko Atsume, I think, on uh, on mobile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, remind oh, me yeah, yeah. same same oh, kind yeah. of vibe, you know, a little bit like that. So yeah, and uh, subscribe to the yeah. Artita Patreon and subscribe. That's a lot of things to buy, but yeah, do it. <laughs> subscribe to to James and uh, we'll see you in the in the next episode. Yeah. I'll see you in the next All right. What's up, everybody? Hey there. It's Adam. It's ple- I'm pleased to be here once again. This was such a fun episode. I had a blast for real. But yeah, it's, it's your favorite game. Little designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter. And as always, it really was great to be back here with the crew. Uh, I go by Adrian on Twitter. You can find me over there at AJ Mathis. That's A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. If anyone wants slash needs any pixel art related work or I'm active at the moment, so please do get in touch. As always, if you like anything, if you liked anything I had to say today, do drop me like a follow or a DM, or just you know, just just drop me a line, and I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll get back to you and say what's up. But yeah, lots of people do that now, and it's actually quite cool. So yeah, just absolutely feel free to say hello. But yeah, this was a really fun episode. I'm so glad that we could sort of like expand on like the idea of you know like love at first sight, kind of like in games, and just I'm really happy about this one. We had a we had a blast, really bang this one out. But yeah, uh, everybody, take care. Stay safe. Uh, See you next time. And uh, yeah, keep on shining. I'll catch you all later. Bye. Bye. After music, after music, after music. (laughs) All right, we out.